The second reading is from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. Escuchen palabra de Dios. Hear God's word. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Palabra de Dios, word of God. Pray with me. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, for you are our rock and redeemer. So you know how NASA plans their services way in advance, which is a good thing. So when I read today's gospel reading, joy welled up in me because I had a flashback based on the verse 14 as Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee. Almost 13 years ago, in June 2011, 17 pastors from churches in Trenton, Lawrenceville, Princeton area, together with the former Macedonian project coordinator, Shane Berg, two pastoral mentors, your pastor, mi amigo colega, Dave Davis, and Dr. Luke Powery, assistant, former assistant professor of homiletics at Princeton Theological Seminary, traveled to the Holy Land. Can I just have another flashback? I miss Corey Berg. But Elizabeth's doing a great job too. Thanks to the gracious and generous financial support of the Cousins Family Foundation, an Atlanta-based nonprofit organization, we were able to go to the Holy Land. And I'm gonna tell you, oh my goodness, we had a great time. Now, Cousins believe that equipping local congregations for missional outreach in their communities begins with a pastor who is renewed and restored in her or his own personal faith and has acquired some new insights about his or her call. During the first week, we stayed near the sea of Galilee to decompress and enjoy a Sabbath time. Like Jesus and his disciples, we walked along the sea. The joy that welled up in me was caused by the memories of many of us swimming 
in the water and playing Marco Polo. So, so the sea became like a, a fountain of youth. We also were amazed to see the remnants of a first century fishing boat that was discovered in 1985 under the sea. The Holy Land trip was part of a two-year pilot program which began in 2010 by gathering on a regular basis clergy from different denominations and traditions. The overarching vision for forming such a group was to see these relationships become effective agents of change in the Trenton and surrounding communities, and a powerful witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ in the area. The idea was that the relationships that formed within the cohort would be translated into concrete ministry together in some way that would benefit Trenton. Truth be told, mi amigo, colega, my friend and colleague, Dave and I didn't really need those two weeks in the Holy Land to deepen and strengthen our sense of God calling Nassau and Westminster to partner together to serve the greater Trenton area. A pivotal moment many years before that happened, and that created a deeper relationship. It was during Communiversity, some of you remember that, before COVID. Dave shared that he was aware of the supportive role that he could potentially play for me in Westminster as the pastor of Nassau Presbyterian Church. He said, just let me know what table you want me to sit at. To ensure our ability to walk closely as Jesus' disciples, Dave did not hesitate to adopt the Hispanic norm, hablar sin pelos en la lengua, hablar sin pelos en la boca, speak without hair on your tongue, speak without hair in your mouth. We don't swallow our voices. We have a trusting relationship. We have each other's back. Over the last 20 plus years, Dave and I have been serving God together as two disciples committed to seeking justice in the church, local, in the church, national, and in society. At the end of my sermon, I will highlight examples of the ways that Nassau and Westminster have jointly responded to God's call to seek the shalom of the city and beyond. Let's get back to the scripture. Maybe some of you noticed that one of the interesting features of Mark's gospel is that the birth of Jesus is completely left out. It doesn't say anything about Mary or Joseph or baby Jesus. No Bethlehem, no 
shepherds, no wise men, no angels, no Herod. By the time Mark picks up the story, Jesus has crawled out of a manger many years before. He has developed his prophetic voice and he's out about doing God's work. After just a few words about John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism and temptation, Mark puts us on the beach, invites us to watch four fishermen who are just literally minding their business when a totally unexpected Jesus shows up, grown up, coming to where they are and says, follow me. And immediately they follow him. What I learned from Chelsea Harmon is that Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of my favorite theologians, is one of maybe of, of many theologians who have thought deeply about the immediacy with which the first disciples followed the call to discipleship. Some of those thoughts are shared in one of our favorite, I say our favorite books, uh, The Cost of Discipleship, which was published in 1937 and serves as a call to repentance as the Nazi regime's ideological influence and power were becoming evident. Given the fact that we're not given any information in this text regarding the psychological state of the disciples as they turn to follow Jesus, Bonhoeffer focuses on the authority of the one who issues the call. He said, the encounter is a testimony to the absolute, direct, and unaccountable authority of Jesus. There's no need of any preliminaries and no other consequence but obedience to the call. We're not expected to contemplate the disciple, but only him who calls and his absolute authority. When I was a student at McCormick Theological Seminary, I was also a field ed student at Fourth Press. And what I learned from their current associate pastor, Judith Watt, is that Barbara Brown Taylor suggests that we miss the point if we linger on questions about how these men could have so instantly dropped everything and followed Jesus. Or if we linger on our questions about whether we could do the same. She says, this is a story about God, not the disciples or us. To focus on what the disciples gave up and whether we could do the same is to put the accent on the wrong syllable. This is a miracle story, as Taylor calls it. 
It's really about the power of God to walk right up to a quartet of fishermen and work a miracle, creating faith where there was no faith, creating disciples where there was none, just a moment before. We may have lost a sense of the fullness of the power of God, the power of God to recruit people who have made terrible choices, the power of God to invade the most hapless lives and fill them with light, the power of God to sneak up on people who are thinking about lunch, not God, and smack them upside the head with glory. There are many distinct ways that we can follow Jesus and even follow him immediately here and now in the world and time in which we live. We can follow Jesus in the different situations and circumstances precisely by trying to imitate him, by trying to treat others with the same respect, love, and patience that he did, including all types of people, but especially those who are overlooked by society. This is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian, to try to live and treat others as Jesus did, embodying the values of inclusiveness, love, mercy, forgiveness, and healing that he demonstrated in word and deed. The call of God in our lives may not be as radical as the disciples, but it can be just as meaningful. For you, it may mean giving up a comfortable past for a more challenging future, like taking a new job, accepting a new position, moving to a new community, pursuing a new degree, making a career change in midlife. Life is always providing us with moments and times of crisis and opportunity. Belief always involves action on our part. The disciples left their nets, boats, hired servants and family to follow Jesus. The same is true for us. Our belief involves action on our part also. We can leave the old behind and begin again as disciples of Jesus Christ because we too can take Jesus at his word. Jesus' word is trustworthy. I also took Greek in Spanish uh, with the professor emeritus now, Osvaldo Vena. And I appreciate what he said about this text, this Markan text. The purpose of Jesus' call to discipleship is not to take people out of a hostile world, promised, promising them a better life in God's heavenly kingdom. Instead, his purpose is to change the world in such a way that it will cease to be the hostile place it is so that God's reign can be established on earth. Doing this will require that we make a preferential option for the poor, the oppressed, 
the excluded, and those who because of gender, sexual orientation, race, or class have been rendered invisible in our society. It will also require that we courageously denounce the evils of our Western culture and the arrogant project of globalization. In short, it will require that we change the romantic view of discipleship that we have inherited for one that by addressing the socio-political realities of our world may be more, may do more justice to Jesus, his oriz original intent. Dicho y hecho, said and done. When I was in Chicago at an urban conference, I met Nassau's liaison for the Westminster Nassau Mission Project, the Reverend Patty Daly. It was at a scoop conference, an urban conference. So it's over 28 years ago. And after we met, she called Westminster's pastoral nominating committee and told them, I just met your pastor. Mind you, that was before I had even read the church information form. I told you that I would share some examples of how together Nassau and Westminster have obeyed God's call to serve God in any way we can here in Trenton, or rather beyond Trenton and here in Princeton. Amen? With over, whoa, you got the cue, I love it. <laughs> so with over 100 interfaith and community partners, including NASA, Westminster has been responding to Jesus' call to seat the shalom of the city of Trenton by addressing the following systemic issues. Improving the quality of public school education by hosting the Trenton Music Makers. You could say Presente, Marsha, who founded, amen, the original ministry. And in partnership with NASA, since 2018, we've been distributing over 150 backpacks and thousands of school supplies, not only for Trenton, but as of last year, to Liberia as well. Dismantling mass incarceration by serving on the Mass Incarceration Task Force, a partnership of Nassau, Witherspoon Street, and Westminster Presbyterian Churches, supporting formally incarcerated returning citizens and their families through the Trenton Microloan Collaborative in partnership with NASA. Reaching out to young adults who feel disenfranchised by the traditional church yet still feel called to serve the greater Trenton area by becoming residents of Bethany House of Hospitality. Russ, say presente. 
That's good enough. <laughs> Amen. Russ lived in that house when his father was a pastor. Amen? This program was jointly founded by Nassau, Westminster, and the former New Brunswick Presbytery over 12 years ago. To date, we've had over 35 residents serving in the community, and four are ordained ministers of the Word and Sacrament. Let me end with this example of Westminster responding to God's call back when we celebrated our 100th anniversary, 1998. I shared with the session that usually churches during their centennial year begin a new mission project. And so two of our members, two of our elders, asked us to start a mission in their native land the Dominican Republic. Fast forward, 20 years later, in partnership with many other faithful, generous supporters, we built a four-story school and an educational building. Over 400 children are getting a quality public school, a uh, private education. And those who have felt called to go to college and become professionals, we have found ways to support that career journey. And so there are doctors and lawyers and teachers, professors. What this has shown us is that we're called when God calls us to say, presente, to say we are present. If Westminster would have listened to the fear of one of our beloved 80 plus year olds, when she heard that we were gonna do this, she's like, so how is it that we're gonna start a mission in another country when we can't even balance the budget in Trenton? And I said, because it's not only about us. It's about responding to God's call to us and trusting in God's promise that God will provide everything we need. Mission Tu Puedes, You Can Mission School has become one of the top schools in the entire country. The amazing witness of this story affirms that God calls God's disciples and we can say, presente, present. Here I am, God, because God will faithfully equip us and provide us with whatever we need in order to achieve God's purposes for God's glory. Adios sea la gloria. To God be the glory. Amen.